Hello, I'm Gabrielle Alberts, and I am doing a podcast for Cerebral Palsy for Child Life Studies 705. Thank you for being here with me today, and we shall get started. The agenda for this podcast is to explain this disease or this diagnosis, give you examples on how to explain this to your children, the potential processes or procedures that they will have to go through, preparing them for these procedures, and then talking about the stressors and possible interventions for these stressors for both the parents and the child. According to the medical definition, cerebral palsy is a group of neurological disorders that appear during infancy or early childhood. This permanently affects body movement and muscle coordination. CP is caused by damage to the outer layer of the brain called the cerebral cortex, or abnormalities that develop during infancy. The term cerebral means the brain, and palsy refers to the loss or impairment of motor functions. Symptoms that your child may be dealing with are the lack of muscle coordination while performing voluntary movements. This is known as ataxia. They can also be experiencing stiff or tight muscles and exaggerated reflex. This is known as spasticity. There is also weakness of the limbs, walking on toes, crouched gait, or a scissor gait. This is while their legs are moving. Um, Their muscle tone variation may be stiff or it may be floppy. They can have excessive drooling or difficulty swallowing or speaking. They can have like tremor-like shaking or random involuntary movements. There can be delayed in reaching motor skills or milestones. They can also have difficulty with precise movements such as writing, or buttoning up their blouse. This disorder is not a progressive disorder. However, as your child gets older, the symptoms may become more or less prevalent. As all children with CP suffer from movement and posture, some may also struggle with intellectual disabilities, seizures, sensory perception, vision, hearing, language, and also speech problems. Some of the causes of cerebral palsy may have been from damage to the white matter, which is the inner portion of your brain. The white matter of the brain is responsible for transmitting signals inside the brain into the rest of the body. It can be due to abnormal development of the brain. This is any interruption of the normal process of brain growth during fetal development. This can also cause malformations that interfere with the transmission of brain signals. There could have been bleeding in the brain, bleeding inside of the brain from blocked or broken vessels is commonly caused by fetal stroke, Um, and then there could also be the severe lack of oxygen in the brain. The lack of oxygen may cause an interruption in breathing or poor oxygen supply. There are three different forms of cerebral palsy. The first one is the spactic cerebral palsy. It is the most common type of disorder. About 80% of children diagnosed with CP are spastic cerebral palsy. There are three different types of the spastic. There is the hemiplegia. This typically only affects one arm and one hand on one side of the body. There is also the diplegia, 
and this involves the stiffness that is predominantly in the legs and less severely affects the arms and face. And then there's the quadriplegia. This is the most severe and it affects all four limbs. Another form is the dyskinetic cerebral palsy. This is characterized by the slow and uncontrollable writhing or jerking movements of the hands, feet, arms, or legs. There's the ataxia cerebral palsy. This affects the balance and depth perception. And then there's mixed types when a child has tendencies or symptoms from multiple different types of CP. Now we will just... Now we will discuss the treatment and procedures. In diagnosing cerebral palsy, doctors may order a cranial ultrasound, which is a high-frequency sound wave that produces pictures of the brains. This is very similar to the same concept of the pregnancy ultrasound. They can request a CT scan. This uses x-rays to create images that show the structure of the brain and the areas that are damaged. They can request an MRI. This is a big computer that uses magnetic fields and radio waves to create an anatomical picture of the brain's tissues and structures. Or they can request an EEG. It's a series of electrodes that are either taped or temporarily pasted to the scalp to detect electrical activity in the brain. Upon being diagnosed with CP, children will undergo many, many days of physical therapy. Physical therapy usually begins in the first year or right after the diagnosis is made. It is a specific set of exercise for strength training and resistive training. It improves the muscle strength the balance, and their motor skills. There's occupational therapy that focuses on optimizing upper body function, improving their posture, and making the most of their ability. Recreational therapy encourages participation in art and culture programs, sports, and other events that help an individual expand physical and cognitive skills and abilities. There is also speech and language therapy. This can improve their ability to speak more clearly, help with swallowing, and learn new ways to communicate. And then there's treatments for problems with eating and drooling. These are often necessary when children have difficulty eating and drinking. There are some oral medications that are used. These are the first line of treatment to relax stiff muscles contracted muscles or overreactive muscles. If these are not working and the child is still in excruciating pain, you can transfer into injected medication that is injected locally into the muscles that are spasming. This is the BT-A standard treatment for the overreactive muscles in children with spastic movement. Or you can use the intrathecal baclofen therapy. This uses an implantable pump to deliver baclofen to muscles to relax them. Surgeries that are available for the pain that a child may endure and the growth development are orthopedic surgeries. 
These can include muscle lengthening, tendon lengthening, a tendon transfer, and a myotomy, which is a, the cutting of a tendon. There is the osteotomy. This treats bone deformities in the lower extremities. There is arthrodesis in cases of severe joint limitation. And then there's the surgery to cut the nerves, known as SDR. This surgical procedure recommended for cases of severe spasticity when all of the more conservative treatments did not work. And then finally, there are assistive devices. Um, you can see braces, splints, wheelchairs, walkers, or powered scooters being used. There are also hearing aids, telephone amplifiers, and vision aids. All of these, along with many more options, are there for your child to help them grow and develop and also gain as much independence as possible throughout their process. Now that we've discussed the treatments and procedures that a child may undergo, let's talk about how we can explain to your child in their terminology what they're getting ready to go through. For the diagnosis, let's go with a CT scan. So the CT scan is a big tube that you can see all the way through. Your child will lay on a bed and they will be sliding into the tube for a short minute and then they will come back out. This one will happen really fast. There are a couple clicking noises that will go on but nothing will hurt them, nothing will touch them. It is just quick pictures and back out. In explaining them to them, make sure you talk about the sounds that they will hear, the feelings that they'll feel. They may even get a little blanket put on them if it's cold in there. You can also look on YouTube for many videos of other children going into a CT scan so that your child has a better understanding of what's going to happen. With that, the MRI is very similar. It is the same type of tube with a bed that slides in there. However, an MRI can take up to like 35 minutes. Uh, your child will have to lay very still for those 35 minutes. And when the pictures are being taken, the MRI does make really loud noises, such as like a dump truck backing up or a train going by or an aircraft taking off. When talking about physical therapy, there are also many videos of all kinds of therapy on YouTube, but physical therapy, occupational therapy, and recreational therapy are or seem to be pretty fun. So you can just prepare your child to have some fun when they go to therapy. Their legs are going to get stretched, their arms will get stretched, they, they'll roll over, they'll play on balls, they may even get to throw balls if they're capable of doing so. When a child gets an injection, it is just like a typical shot, um, but be advised that sometimes the symptoms may change and it may be, there may be a little burning sensation for just a split second. And then when the poke happens or the stick happens, the child will also feel a little bit of pain on their outer layer of skin. If you are looking into surgery later on, 
we will, your child life specialist will discuss that with you as well. Um, as every surgery is different and anesthesias are different. But in a typical surgery, the child will need to know about breathing through the mask for the anesthesia. They will need to know that they are going to go to a medical nap, which is different than a nap at home. They don't necessarily need to know about what is going to happen in the surgery, especially if it involves more crucial terms such as like cutting, slicing. They just need to know that if it is their leg that is going to get surgery done on, that their leg is going to be better in the end and hopefully they will be able to walk or be more mobile. If your child is going to get braces or splints, these are very easy and there typically isn't pain involved with these. These are just to help the child's limb, such as their leg or their arm, form a more normal shape and it will allow for them to be able to move better, such as walk or grab their hairbrush or grab their toothbrush. Next, we will discuss the stress, fact the stress factors and the interventions. Some stress factors that children may encounter are the lack of mobility and the constant need for assistance to do anything. They'll, they'll need help. They have difficulty moving. The many appointments that they'll have to be at the hospital for. They may have issues eating, drinking, talking, hearing, or playing. And the majority of the time, they may feel pain. These stressors can cause some depression and a lack of feeling, a lack of loneliness. To intervene with these, the child will undergo therapy most of the time. But when you're at home, if these happen, and there's a sibling around, playing with the sibling will help, playing with the parents will help, or even doing some sort of art projects or game that the child is able to do, that will help as well. To help other children that are acquaintance with the child that has CP, teaching them and giving them the knowledge about CP will help your child um, incorporate play and movement. Now that we discussed interventions for the children, we'll also discuss possible challenges that you as a parent or caregiver may face. Typically when you're caring for a child with disabilities who require more attention, you tend to lose out on time for yourself. You'll become sad, you'll become depressed. There'll be days you don't know what to do or you just feel like giving up. Um, so ensure that you're working towards expanding your social group, whether that be blogging with parents of other children who have CP, attending any of the events that they have there at the hospital, or even talking to and meeting other families at the hospital throughout your therapy sessions. Ensure that you do what you like. So if you like 
knitting or you like working out, make sure that you make time for that. Don't forget about taking care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself first, then how can you really take care of your child, especially if you're mentally drained and done? Um, There are also many books out there a lot of people don't use. A couple that I have thought of were The Cerebral Palsy, A Complete Guide to Caregiving. This is a John Hopkins press book. This will give you some ideas on how to help care for your child. Um, and for the child, you can read to them as well. There's a book called Taking Cerebral Palsy to School and Nathan's Wish, A Story About Cerebral Palsy. Those would also be good for reading to siblings or friends or acquaintance of the child as well. And then finally, uh, no matter where you go in life, no matter what you think, you're never alone. There are other parents out there going through the same thing that you are. I believe that it is just a 1 in 364 chance that a child has CP. So be cognizant of that, and when you feel down and alone, reach out. Reach out to your child life specialist, reach out to your physical therapist, or your social worker there at the hospital, reach out through social media. There are so many options, and just remember that you're not alone in this, and be sure to take care of yourself. I want to thank you for listening to my very first podcast on cerebral palsy. I hope you have a wonderful day.